0: Hey there, this is Casey with Kentucky Trauma Therapist. If you can please pretend that there was some catchy tune at the beginning of this recording, I would greatly appreciate it. I just want to touch base and I would like to come back around to this topic full swing at another point in time when I have a little bit more time. What is time? I have no time. Um... <laughs> Uh, About Munchausen syndrome, and I just find Munchausen syndrome by proxy so fascinating, and Munchausen syndrome in itself so fascinating. And I think I get really hung up talking about some interesting topics at times because I'm like, I need to go research the exact statistics and and pull from articles because I don't want anyone to think that um, I'm misrepresenting information and going to sue me and I, I. If you haven't caught on yet, I suffer from something called anxiety, y'all. So that sometimes gets in the way of me covering topics that I am really interested in. So I'm going to try and put my anxiety away, uh, even if it's just for a short period of time, to discuss Munchausen syndrome and Munchausen syndrome by proxy. There are two, I remember being fascinated about it way back when I was in college and I spent an entire semester for Dr. Gabbard's, uh class. I think it was a research methods class. Intro to research methods, maybe. So my master's degree, let's just all picture it together for a moment. It would have been like fall 2013. And um, I just felt like I knew I was going to write this research paper about Menchalzen Syndrome by proxy. And I was obsessed with writing this paper. And... It was not a very good research paper because couldn't find a whole lot of research on social work <laughs> and social workers involvement in Munchausen syndrome and treating it and, and, uh, appropriate interventions. And that was what the paper was supposed to be about is what are the appropriate interventions for people who suffer from Munchausen syndrome and Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So I actually got like a 70 something on the paper And don't boo Dr. Gabbard because he's also one of the most fabulous professors of all time. It was totally on me. I should have scrapped the topic. But I was so fascinated by it. So I feel like it's a hot topic. But at the same time, a lot of people still don't know what it is. And uh, I'm just going to give you Casey's rendition of it uh, that isn't full of... uh, maybe exact definitions. I'm literally sitting in my tiny smart car trying to pump out and record an episode before dinner. And this is the quietest place on the farm. So <laughs> bear with me. Uh, but Munchausen syndrome in itself is where people uh, intentionally present themselves as having an illness or disorder and by representing and showing themselves in such a way, it could be via uh, actually causing themselves to have health problems or fibbing about the health problems. What a clinical term, fibbing. Um, sorry, I'm being facetious. It's not very clinical at all. Um, But... Either, either they're actually causing themselves harm to show up at the doctor's appointment that they do have this said ailment, or they're lying about it. And the point of it is, they very specifically would like to receive attention for this ailment. Uh, even more specifically, they would appreciate having, uh, rec- getting recognition and validation of being injured or hurt or needing care by medical providers. So what does that mean? So, you know, some people want to say, oh, doesn't that mean they're a hypochondriac? No, these individuals are aware of they do not have the disorder. Like there's a part of them that is quite aware I'm not actually having cancer or I'm not actually uh, (sighs) having high blood pressure or diabetes. It's a part of them does know that And at least in the beginning, but they're so desperate to receive attention from a medical provider that they will alter their story on what's actually wrong to help them get a diagnosis that will require them to have further attention from medical staff. So uh, Munchausen syndrome by proxy is going to be a case in which people do that to their um, loved one, and it, well, and loved one doesn't quite answer that either. It's usually someone who they are in a caretaking role for. For example, that could be their parent, or their sibling, or their child. So I'm going to give a couple of examples of both. I think of Munchausen syndrome in itself. Is going to be and may I just also add here too I'm gonna to be talking about these in a behavioral context here in a moment but for right now looking at it from uh, uh, the ones that people most often hear about and the ones that are a little bit more recognizable is gonna be when people are trying to take advantage of hospital staff or of a doctor's office so that may look like I don't feel like I'm getting enough attention in a certain area. So I'm going to go to the doctor's office and rather than cope with the fact that I'm lonely or cope with the fact that I'm feeling like I need extra care for my emotions, I will make up an illness. I'm and people like studies back in the day. And I say back in the day like I'm thinking studies that I remember reading that were published in the 80s and 90s people going and getting pond water and getting a uh, syringe and very intentionally putting right underneath the skin pond water which would cause them to then have you know a reaction aka infection and then that would require them to go to the doctor's office or fictitiously stating to the doctor some health ailment that isn't based in reality such as I don't actually have numbness in my feet but I'm gonna tell the doctor that so that I have some extra one-on-one care and some extra attention on me usually people who suffer from Munchausen syndrome or who are participating in Munchausen syndrome by proxy Uh, have a a little bit of a history of um, background in the medical system and they tend to know exactly the right things to say to be able to get people's attention. So that may mean um, they used to be a nurse or they were in nursing school or they were a CNA or another possibility is they had a family member growing up that they saw receive a lot of attention when they were sick. So maybe like grandma... Was at home when hospice, you know, got called in for her. And as a child, the person who suffers from child's syndrome today. Witnessed grandma get all this extra love and attention from all these hospice caregivers. And so now into adulthood, you know, they've developed some maladaptive coping skills. To get those attention needs met. Um, And they're using a frame of reference from grandma receiving care during their childhood, you know, watching grandma receive all this care from hospice caregivers. I Menchalsen syndrome by proxy. Now, let's kind of look at that for a moment. And that's going to be I am really wanting to have that care and attention and love about how good of a caregiver I am. And I'm going to attain that by telling medical providers that my loved one or my person I'm caregiving for has an illness or I cause them to have an illness to be able to receive that love and attention from medical providers about how good of a caregiver I am. There's a famous example of that. I, I want to say it's called Gypsy Rose um, is her name. And she was a victim of some Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which ended up in her, I believe she murdered her caregiver or I don't know. Some people may argue it was self-defense at the end of the day, but, or premeditated self-defense, which I guess then that goes back to being manslaughter or homicide. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, y'all. Not a lawyer. Um, I need to stay in my lane here. Um, So uh, there was another case. And I've tried Googling it. Uh, I can't remember the name of the book. I can't remember what her name even was. But it was like a case. I want to say it was in California. Where a mom kept adopting children from a very specific country. I want to say it was Vietnam. And when the children would come here. And she was a social worker too. Mom was a social worker. A nurse. (laughs) There's a terrible... Uh, joke I have that uh, when I meet someone who's in social work I'm usually like uh, so what year did you drop out of nursing school? <laughs> a lot of people who grow up and become social workers or nursing school dropouts or, or didn't get past a certain test. That's my story. Um, I couldn't pass a certain test and I just said fuck it and went on to figure out some why I ended up going on to education and then i don't know what else did i i went through about four or five majors there before i stumbled upon sociology and then found out that uh i wanted to do social work after that but i'm sorry i went on a tangent there so this woman um which that's another thing is for a lot of munchausen syndrome and munchausen syndrome by proxy cases we see that the perpetrators or sufferers tend to be um Women. It's just a higher rate of that. And this woman in particular. She kept adopting these young children. From. um, It was an Asian. It was an Asian country. I remember that. And these children kept dying. Before the age of two. And I think by the time she was on child two or three. Did someone catch on. This was about 20 years ago. uh, This case in specifics. But. uh, Yeah yeah, she was injecting them with some type of sodium mixture and then the child would get admitted to the hospital. And then she just really loved all of that love and attention and care she got from A, being an adoptive mother, and then B, being able to get that care from those doctors of like, wow, look at how hard you're trying to keep this small child alive, and we don't know why they keep having seizures, and finally, you know, enough investigators got along, detectives got along. They, they figured out that this was actually murder, and very specifically, it was murder by Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So, I remember when I was doing research for the paper I was writing for grad school, Lemon-Children Syndrome by Proxy. I remember them saying that most healthcare providers will encounter one case in their lifetime. I've encountered five that I can think of. I paused recording there for a second to kind of count on one hand. And I've seen these in both behavioral and physical sense and I want to talk about like the long-lasting consequences that can happen when people suffer from Munchausen syndrome by proxy or are a victim of Munchausen syndrome by proxy and let me add that there's five cases I was mentioning that I've personally had on my caseload before out of those five they were all uh, victims they were the victims the person being care given for Munchausen syndrome by proxy and the long-term consequences you're talking about the victim of Munchausen syndrome by proxy very specifically if they were a child when they were being victimized they grow up not liking the doctor's office and a lot of the adults that I see and I read about now in case files and case studies is they tend to avoid going to the doctor out of fear There may be fear of they're going to appear attention seeking and that it's not that bad. Or there's also the flip side where they go to the doctor over every little ache because they're so afraid that they're going to die. And that was a narrative that was kind of fed to them. There's also Munchausen syndrome by proxy in a behavioral context. And I've seen this one as well, and I'm going to give a case example that's not based on one in real life, but actually a mixture of a whole bunch of different cases I've heard. Um, some on my caseload, maybe some on others to protect confidentiality for everyone. And please keep in mind, this podcast is for educational purposes. This is not, I am a therapist, but I'm probably not your therapist. And So, I don't want you to take this and be like, oh, well, I was diagnosed for having this per this podcast. No, 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 no. This is not some test you're taking on Facebook that's going to determine which animal you will be when you get reincarnated or however those work. That is not what this is. So, let's use case example here of a behavioral version of Machausen syndrome by proxy. We talk a lot about it being like the physical health issues that can occur, but there's also behavioral ones. So a client is age 15 and they are brought in by their biological mother. And biological mother comes to the appointment and says, My kid acts out all the time and they're so terrible and they black out so much that they will start punching themselves in the face. And I just don't know what to do. And I'm so tired of not being able to take care of them. And I just don't know what to do to make it right. And then you go to the kid and the kid says, Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. And you go pull records and the records from school m reflect that the kids and a b honor roll occasionally a c maybe here and there they have pretty good attendance it's like huh well that's not really matching but you know mom comes back to session and says well he started blacking out and he doesn't remember when he hits me do you see this bruise here and you know she may have evidence because that's a part of munchausen syndrome by proxies Typically, they'll have evidence to supply to prove their point. And let's say mom keeps wanting to sit in on the appointments and mom won't let me have access to the kiddo alone. Come, Mom is searching for compliments. Like, can't you see how hard of a job I have with this child? So there's a bunch of warning signs in that. There's some warning signs in that she won't allow her 15-year-old to go to their therapy appointment alone. Sometimes that does happen and parents are just really resistant to letting their kids stay in a therapy appointment alone, which if there's a history of trauma, that can make sense. And, and, a part of the therapy process means like being able to have access to someone one-on-one, alone, to be able to really build that trust and rapport. So that's kind of a that's not right. And then also, you know, now she's reporting that the kids having blackouts. So let's go back to the kid. And the kid's like, "Yeah, I don't know what she's talking about. I how do you know when you've had a blackout?" It's like, "Oh, interesting." And and kind of starting to pull it apart there. Um when the kids referring to like, "I don't know what she's talking about." And she says I left these bruises on her, but I feel like I'm going insane. Because I don't remember ever physically hurting her, but she's claiming I did. So, language like that, like, I don't know what she's talking about. And then, here's the next piece, consistency. If over time, the client, the primary identified client, that kid, is continuing to report, I don't know what she's talking about. And, you know, they consistently have good grades. They consistently um, have good attendance they consistently are respectful in session it's not to say that mom is lying and you know remembering as a therapist your job's not necessarily to be an investigator but as a therapist you need to do some really good investigating to make sure you have all the facts so you can treat this this client um another warning sign is if this mom has had this kid in with 10 other therapists jumping therapists that's generally a big warning sign you know, I've fired therapists rather quickly before for my own personal self. Um, wasn't personal. It was just, I, I'm really picky <laughs> about the care that I receive and I know what I'm looking for and what I'm not because, you know, I'm, that's what I do for a living. I guess we could say the same thing about a mechanic, right? But with that in mind, um, I wouldn't say that I've ever went through 10 therapists in like six months or a year. Maybe I've went through 10 therapists in my lifetime. So again, that's like a big warning sign if they're coming in. Because that tells me maybe someone was catching on to something beforehand and was either firing them or referring them to a higher level of care or was trying to report something to Department of Community-Based Services. Or sorry, that's Kentucky's DBS is like our Child Protective Services. Um, so that's an example to kind of consider there. And you think about for that kid having been gaslit for so long that there's an issue that's wrong with them. And they don't have any evidence or remember it. Um, That parent is really looking there to get that validation. Because they're not currently getting it or didn't get it met in a healthy way. And are now using maladaptive behaviors to try and get that need met. The most common example I see of Munchausen syndrome by proxy as a clinician today is I usually see the children. This is the most often type. I see children who were a victim of a parent who was abusing them and their parent had Menchazin syndrome by proxy and was affecting the child in such a manner. Uh... Again, as I was starting to refer to earlier, like you just see a huge mistrust in the medical system. Generally, uh, a huge mistrust in others as well can sometimes happen. Just if your own loved one, um, and a lot of times I see it being perpetrated by a mother, um, you know, if this person who, according to society, should love you no matter what and treat you unconditionally with all the love and respect in the world, if if uh, if you find out that they were willing to harm you in order to get a need met, you know, that can cause some long-term serious issues for that person. First off, it teaches them that maybe people aren't safe, especially if my primary caregiver in life didn't keep me safe. But actually, it's more than didn't keep me safe. It's more than they neglected me. It's they used me in order to get a need met. And that can cause a serious level of distrust in relationships and in their own capacity to trust healthcare providers or other people in authority Which, of course, then can lead to, oh, they're avoiding doctors or, oh, they have a hard time being able to follow instructions at a job because they're scared of their boss. Or, you know, they're constantly being anxious and that causes other health-related issues. Like, I mean, the list goes on and on here. Something that I have a conversation with a lot for my people who have Menchalzen Syndrome by proxy or have experienced it as a child Is that they typically had a caregiver, the person who was abusing them. They typically had an abuser who could show up with having a cluster B personality disorder or cluster B personality disorder traits as well. Which includes histrionic, borderline um, narcissism and antisocial personality disorders. So those personality disorders typically couple with Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And I think something that's really important to express here is intention is quite important. If my intention in taking my child to the hospital over and over and over again, when I think they're unwell, um, is that I want them to be okay. Well, my intention there is to take care of my child. So that may, you know, if it's the 12th time they've taken them to the ER in the past week, that might not necessarily be their intention to get attention. Their intention there might be because they're scared their child is seriously ill. And that might show up like an OCD behavior or an anxious behavior. But if I'm harming my child or lying about my child's symptoms and then taking them to a healthcare provider with the intention of getting attention. Well, that's that's something totally different, and I try to avoid words and language that's black and white. And this is definitely a work in progress for me, and this is definitely something I've been evolving with. You know, a lot of personality disorders, very specifically Cluster B, are sparked by intense trauma histories. So there is a reason behind every behavior we do as a human, whether we're consciously aware of it or not, and unfortunately. For a lot of folks who have Munchausen syndrome by proxy and who have that parent who has a cluster B personality disorder trait or cluster B personality disorder diagnosis, you know, um, that brings on a slew of its own problems. Because what we know about a lot of cluster B personality disorders is they have a hard time, A, asking for help or B, recognizing that they need help. Because unfortunately with cluster B personality disorders is a lot of times they have to continuously keep up with the thought process that they're not the problem everyone else is. So, I definitely failed that paper back in college because when it comes to interventions for people who are perpetrating Menchalzen Syndrome by proxy onto a loved one, um, or aka their abuse victim... Um, They're not eager to get help because who would want to admit, yes, I intentionally uh, put sodium in a syringe and injected my child with that so that I could bring them to the hospital and get attention from doctors. Or who would want to say, yes, I intentionally lied about my child's behaviors in order to hopefully get some attention from a therapist. Um... And I did that because I don't know how to get attention in a healthy way. I don't know how to get my needs met in a a, 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 a less maladaptive way. <laughs> so I say all of that because I don't want to call these people evil. Um not quite sure that fits. These people are very sick. Yes, that I will definitely say too. And their behaviors may be evil, but I don't know as if... I subscribe to the idea that they themselves are evil because something very, very awful had to have happened to that person in order for that behavior to ever show up. So, um, that maladaptive behavior to ever show up. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Okay. So as we're wrapping up here today, um, I would like to go back over this episode again in the future. Next time, maybe with some actual statistics um, to keep it more professional. Maybe the next time when I'm not recording an episode out here in my car, but I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy if you listen to this episode, gosh, thank you so much. You're, you rock. You're wonderful. Thanks. And I'm going to end here with just a miniature advertisement. Uh, It's the same as the advertisement I've listed before the most recent episode. But just reiterating here, uh, if you or a loved one needs to set up a therapy appointment and you are in the state of Kentucky, we are offering face-to-face appointments if you're in the Bowling Green area at one of our local offices or telehealth. Telehealth options are also available. We are in Central Standard Time Zone, though. A.K.A. Chicago time zone, if or Nashville, if those are some bigger cities for you. Um, but uh, Kentucky Trauma Therapists That's the website. And it's gonna have a little button there that says "Schedule Your Appointment Now." You can schedule your appointment if you have Medicaid. I've therapists who are more than happy to come and help you treat treat the symptoms that you currently are suffering from. We do have an emphasis on. Uh, trauma. Um, Don is training in personality disorders. Uh, Alex is training in anxiety and OCD related disorders and Jack he does some work with substance abuse and he is also EMDR trained and I need to do an episode eventually on EMDR but I, I think first I would need to explain how EMDR works and as an EMDR practitioner usually I just best describe it as it's kind of like magic. It's almost like we have a cheat code to your brain. We're going to put in, um, I need to do an episode on that. I would like to do an episode on that soon. So I'll put that on my to do list. Um, but yeah, they want to help. So it's Kentucky K E N T U C K Y trauma T R A U M A therapists. And that's plural T H E R A-P-I-S-T-S dot com. Also, uh, we're doing a free book giveaway. I'm trying to get more people aware of what we're doing because we have some fundraising events we want to do over the summer for a local kiddo who's trying to go to college for the first time and does not have transportation of their own and is going to be in a college town here in Kentucky, that does not have all of the most reliable public transportation. So we're trying to make the difference for that one person who's trying to escape some generational poverty and, and generational trauma. Um, so to be able to fundraise money, I need people to know what the heck we're doing or to even know that we exist. Um, so that post is on our Facebook. Um which I just recently realized I have been announcing on this podcast, the wrong name for our Facebook page. Uh, Cause I initially listed it under my name. <laughs> so it's uh facebook.com slash or that forward facing slash uh, Casey Corsi, C-A-S-E-Y Corsi, C-O-U-R-S-E-Y L-C-S-W licensed clinical social worker. That's the Facebook page. Um, like, Tag and share the post about our book giveaway. Um, get more people aware of what we're doing here. And also on our Instagram, which the Instagram is KY Trauma Therapist, not plural. Um, I was really creative when I decided to name all this. Um, when I decided, I think the cool term is when I decided to brand this. Um, not cool, y'all. I am. Far from cool. I'm actually burning up. It's it's hot. Kentucky heat's already hitting us. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, cool. And if you don't care to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. I'm really awkward with self-promotion, y'all. Um, it's not my favorite. Uh, I feel like Bobby from Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby. he's got the microphone in front of him. He doesn't know what to do with his hands. And he keeps just awkwardly raising them. And they're like, you can put your hands down, Bobby. And he's like, I just don't know what to do with my hands. That's how I feel with self-promotion. Like, I don't know what to do about self-promotion. But now more people rely on it than I do. I'm including these new therapists that we have working who, you know, I want them to be able to provide the best care. Which means pulling in some business for them so that we can keep getting them trained in trauma-informed practices. So... They can provide services to our community. And then also we're working on these fundraising events to try and help local people in the community break generational trauma in their own family. So that's enough. I'm tired of talking about all this because I've got to get ready for group therapy tonight. (laughs) I'm just really excited. Thank y'all for giving me the privilege to talk to you. Um, Take care now. We'll talk to you soon. Y'all take it easy.